verses uh, 16, that we should bear fruit and that our fruit should remain. And so that's what we want to continue to do at TWBC throughout this year of planted is bear fruit. And this morning we're going to talk about holiness for a little bit. We're going to talk about holiness and the title of this morning's message is HPD. HPD, because a lot of times we walk into the church and we think it's the holiness police department, right? We walk into church and we got to put on our brave face and look really good because if we don't, the holiness police are going to get us, right? And they're going to tell us, you better shape up or you better put a smile on your face or you better or you better or you better. And you know, we all walk and I've experienced it in my life through past church experiences that I walk into church and the holiness police are there and, and you automatically feel like you're lesser than because you think that they are more than. But the issue is or the difference is, is Jesus died for both of you so you wouldn't just become righteous through his blood, but you could walk out of your sin and become holy through his crucifixion also. And so as we talk about holiness this morning, um, 1 Peter chapter number 1, verse 14 through 16 is where I want to start. And the Bible says this, as obedient children, everybody say, I'm obedient. I'm obedient. See, the Bible's prophesying over you. You may have not been good last week, but the Bible says you're obedient. And if you'll let the Spirit of God begin to work in your life, you will become obedient to who God says you are. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of of your former ignorance. Now listen, there's a difference between ignorance and stupid. Okay? Ignorance means you did not know. Stupid means you knew and did not care. Right? So it says, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance when you did not know about holiness. When you do not know of what it was like to be holy. When you did not know about the scriptures before you were born again. Don't be conformed to those passions. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And God is not going to tell us to do something. He will not empower us to walk out. Amen? Some of you have given up on this message already because you think you've already messed up too many times and it's impossible. God is not going to give you a, a statement and tell you who you are and not empower you to become it. So if we're going to become holy, it's not going to be dependent on our good works. It's going to be dependent on his power. Right. Well, come on now, that ought to be good. It's not going to be dependent on how good you can do something. It's going to be dependent on how much of his power you let come in your life so you can walk into what he's called you to be. Now, 2 Corinthians 7.1 says this, Since we have these promises, beloved, see he calls you beloved. You're his loved. You are loved by him. Beloved. Let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. Now that's exciting, bringing holiness to completion. So there is a point in life that you can walk through this life in an unholy place and you still be holy. Hey, come on, I'll, I'll give myself a praise break here on that one. Joel, you can walk in an unholy world and still be holy because the God who lives in me is greater than the unholiness that's around me. Come on now. See, in the Old Testament, this is why it's so good to be in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, a person couldn't touch something unholy because it would make them unholy. In the New Testament, because he has reversed the curse, a person in the New Testament who is holy can touch something unholy and he doesn't become unholy. It makes the unholy thing holy. That's what it means to redeem it. 
That's why you need to lay your hands on your unholy acting kids and pray for them and redeem them. Come on now. See, some of y'all should have got up and danced on that one. And when I say lay hands, I'm talking prayerful hands, okay? I know some of y'all, mom and dad were good at laying hands on us. Our backsides proved it out time and time again. And so I want you to pray for those kids, man. I want you to lay your hands on them and, and watch what happens in, their, in your life. Now, the literal Bible definition of holy means this. Sacred, physically, pure, morally, blameless or religious, ceremonially, consecrated. Holiness is this. The act of being holy and the process of being holy. It's the act of being holy and the process of becoming and being holy. Now listen, many times we walk to be, uh, many times in our walk to become holy, we find ourselves being exactly the person that we did not like when we first came to church. A lot of times in our walk to holiness, we become the holiness police department in many areas of our life rather than humbling ourselves to walk with the holy God. I'm going to say that again. Many times in our walk to become holy, we find ourselves becoming the holy police, the holiness police department rather than humbling ourselves to walk with a holy God. I'm going to have the sound booth play you a song here. And when they play it, I want you to see if this is your attitude when you walk into church, when you look at everybody else. Guys, hit that song for me. They're working on it. Yeah, it, I, I want this place to remain holy, so I'm definitely not singing it. Anyways, I'll just go. Uh, many times in our walk to become holy, we find ourselves being the holiness police department rather than humbling ourselves to walk with the holy God. And do you remember the movie Bad Boys? Y'all can sing it for me. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? You walk in and you're looking around, it's like, you're bad, you've done bad, I know what you did this week. I saw your gossiping at work. I saw, I saw how you treated your kid in Walmart when you yanked him up off the floor because he was throwing a fit. Amen. Uh, I saw you when, when you, were, you were frustrated about your finances, and I saw you throw your checkbook at your computer even though you were in your own cubicle, and I was looking over the edge spying on you because I'm the holiness police department, right? You know what I'm talking about? And so in this process of becoming holy, many times we fall victim to becoming the holiness police department rather than humbling ourselves so we can continue to walk with a holy God. Because the minute we become the holiness police department, you know what happens? God says, I oppose the proud, but I give grace to those who are humble. So when we become prideful and we think we are the holiness police, God literally turns and opposes us to stop us in our tracks so we don't become that person that we spited long ago. Now listen, police officers have a special set of codes. You know, when they're calling stuff in on the radio, these codes identify certain situations that are taking place. Some of these police codes are, are awesome, right? And so the first one I like is 1096. It means when, so when they're calling over the radio, hey, we got a 1096, there means there's a mental subject taking place. Somebody is mentally not right. And we're having some issues mentally, and you'll, you'll find out why that's my favorite here in a little bit. If they call in a 1043, if you've ever been pulled over, and they call in a 1043, they say, I want to request a criminal history on this guy. 
as they call in a 1043. If they call in a 1055, it means that there is an intoxicated motorist. I hope you've never had a 1055 called in on you. If you had a 1055 called in on you, you may end up being a 1091, and that's a prisoner transfer, right? So if they're requesting your criminal history in a 1043 because you've been pulled over because you're a 1055, you may end up being a 1091. And we've got to watch what God continues to do. And so I want you to live out your life with a 1030 with holy caution of how you live your life. That you walk out a walk of holiness. And so I want to talk about policing others versus policing yourself just for a minute. See, a lot of the reasons why uh, uh, America is so upset with uh, law enforcement right now is because they seem to think, and I love our police and sheriff and our first responders, amen. Amen, come on. I love them. And listen, you can't let one or two bad apples spoil your whole perception on the whole department. Just like you don't want somebody seeing a Christian doing a bad thing and labeling you as a part of that bad thing. But yet we do it to the police. So I want to talk to you just for a moment. So one of the major reasons that there's an uproar is because you see a very, very, very tiny, minute part, less than 1%, living by a double standard of rules. That they feel above the law, where they're making you obey the law. Spiritually, we call that a Pharisee. The people in the New Testament who lived above the law, well, they forced everybody else to obey the law. And they force them to live by a double standard. And so as you're policing others versus policing yourself, these are the things that happens many times. We want to tell everyone else what they are doing wrong, but do not want to address the influences that we are under. We want to tell everybody else in the church and the outside world what they're doing wrong, but we don't want to address the issues that we're under ourselves. We don't want to address the us. We want to address the issue in you. But I want you to begin to police yourself. Don't police everyone else. I want you to begin to look at yourself, not the people around you. Many times I say something in a message and people are like, dang, so-and-so should have been here to hear that. <laughs> no, if they weren't here, it wasn't for them. But the very thought that you said they should have heard it means you probably needed it. Hey, come on now. <laughs> I love it. So listen, another one is this. We feel we have a right to our wrong emotions while we hold everyone else accountable for theirs. Amen. Right? It's okay for Joel to have road rage, but heaven forbid you should yell at me when you're driving down the road. I got a right to my wrong emotion because you don't know what I've gone through today. But we hold everybody else accountable for their wrong emotions. Well, you don't know what they've gone through today either. You don't know what their life was like. You don't know who just passed away in their family. You don't know what phone call the medical doctor just gave their mother or their father or their kids or what situation they're in. But we want a right to have our wrong bad emotions and use them because it's just, it's, life just isn't fair. But we want to hold everybody else accountable for their wrong emotions. I'm talking we need to start looking inwardly at ourselves to make holiness really become holiness. I hear people say this all the time when they're in this walk of holiness and they, and, and, and they want an excuse to mess up and they say this, well, I'm better than I used to be. I'm better than I used to be. Jesus did not come to make you better than you used to be. He came to make you like him. So that needs to be our new standard of holiness. My new standard of holiness doesn't need to be Pastor Derek. My standard of holiness must always be Jesus. 
He didn't come to make me better than I was yesterday. He came to make me like him today. And so I want to encourage you this morning that as we go through this message, I want you to begin to look internally at yourself, not externally at everyone else. I want you to begin to look at your life in a certain way. And so how do we begin this walk of holiness? It starts with the, what I call the holy how. Many people say holy cow. I call it the holy how. How do you start this walk of holiness? It starts with grace, but it's carried out by pace. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. If you have your Bibles, turn there really quick. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 says this. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this. By keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. We keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. So listen, listen to this. When you were born again, you became righteous. You were seated with Christ in heavenly places, and you were given the position of righteousness. Righteousness has set you free. So you've already been set free from the sin that trips you up. Righteousness has set you free. Holiness is you making the decision to lay aside what you've been set free from. Because Jesus can set you free from it, but if you don't, by his grace, let go of it, you can be born again but still walk around with an ism the rest of your life. You can get born again and be set free from depression but if you don't begin to walk it out and lay those things down, you can still live the rest of your born-again life depressed. Now, I want to encourage you that when you start looking at yourself, I want you to start laying stuff down. Because what Pastor Sherry said was so amazing, you're not all the negative things people have said you are. And if you've taken some of that on, you need to just lay it down. And that's what holiness is. It's recognizing what you're carrying that you shouldn't be in, setting it aside. It's setting it to the side. So it starts with grace. What is grace? It's empowered obedience. It's all of him for all of us. It was God's one-way love. So it starts with grace. Therefore, since we've been surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses of the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. So I want to go back to those codes that we talked about earlier. Maybe you are a 1096. Maybe something is not right in your mind. Maybe you haven't renewed your mind to the word of God and you do have some mental issues in the spirit realm that you need to take care of in your life. That you need to go before the Father and say, God, I'm believing in my head and I'm getting these thoughts that I'm worthless, that I'm not good enough, that Jesus really didn't die for me, that, that, that I've got to do this by works and it's about my works to get your blessing. And, and all those things that are contrary to faith and contrary to grace are keeping you from being holy because spiritually you're a 1096. you got some mental issues in your spirit, man, that you've got to address with holiness and you've got to lay aside the lie or the sin that so easily entangles you and run your race with perseverance. Some of you, many times, you may have the enemy come and request your criminal history. Right? You know what that is? It's when your mind starts playing back all the things you know you've already been forgiven for. Come on now. Man, I'm telling you. If, if, you, if you don't get serious about renewing your mind to who you are, the devil re- will remind you of who you were. That's right, that's good. If you don't get serious about renewing your mind to who you are, the devil will quickly remind you who you were. Yeah. 
And he will request your criminal history. But you know what? When he requests your criminal history, your answer needs to be, my criminal history looks like this. Washed in the blood of Jesus, though my sins were as scarlet, I am white as snow, and my criminal history has been washed, and even God himself remembers it no more. Come on now. And I get excited about that. I get excited about that. Because the Bible says in John 10, 10, the thief, the devil, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you would have life. And so when he begins to request your criminal history, all you got to do is pull up the blood of Jesus. The day Joel T. Meyer got born again. It forgave me then and it's still forgiving me now. And he's going to keep working on me and I'm going to keep walking out this walk of holiness in every area of my life. Man, maybe you're a 1055. Maybe you've been intoxicated by something. Maybe you're trying to walk the spiritual walk, but you let something get a hold of your life that, that, that's perverted the way you see. Right? Don't raise your hand on this, but if you've ever had way too much intoxication of a physical drink, I'll say it politely, you don't see right. Y'all got quiet. I don't know if this is a, it's like, you don't want to amen because it's a confession or you don't want to amen because there's a good boy. I'm just going to be quiet because whatever I say, I'm probably going to pull up my criminal history on some stuff, right? No, but there's some things that you can let get into your life. Kind of like all the stuff that you watch on television day in and day out and that, that is so contrary to what the Bible said is holy. All the stuff that you see on social media that is so contrary to everything that the Father said is holy. It begins to intoxicate. And as it intoxicate, if you don't renew and flush out and close the gates of your life that let things in, Man, you're going you're to find yourself walking the spiritual walk and you think you're walking in great holiness, but really you've been intoxicated by something else. So I want you to be always at 1030. Not walk with fear. I didn't say walk with fear, but walk with caution. Walk with caution. That caution and fear are two different things. When I see a sign that says caution, it doesn't mean be afraid. It means look out, something's happening. <laughs> I want you to walk with your Holy Spirit, who is the, I will say it like this. If there's any HPD that's out there, it's the Holy Spirit, and he will deal with it different than you would deal with it. Amen. Right. And he's called the Holy Spirit for a reason, and Jesus gave the Holy Spirit to the church for a reason. He gave the Holy Spirit to the church to enable you to walk out holiness. Yeah. It's that simple. Listen, I looked it up. It's only, he's only called the Holy Spirit three times in the Old Testament. All the other times, he's called the Spirit of God. In the New Testament, Jesus said, he's not the Spirit of God anymore. He's the Holy Spirit because I'm giving him to a people who need to be holy. Amen. Come, on. Come on, that's good. That'll, that'll change your life if you'll think about it. And so I want you to, as I close this morning, it starts with grace, but it's carried out by pace. And it says, and run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. It says, run with endurance. That means there's a pace set. If you've ever ran a sprint, you know there's not a pace. It's all out for 100 meters or 400 meters. If you run anything over 400 meters, it's called long distance running, and you've got to set a pace. Now, some of these people who run the 800 meters, now they're, they're sprinting the whole dadgum thing, and I don't know how they do it because they're running at a pace that's unbelievable. If you don't believe me, go watch the, go watch the Olympics. But anything over the 400-meter run is called long distance, and there's a pace set that you run it with endurance. 
So as a believer on your walk to holiness, you need to run it, but run it with endurance. And watch how God begins to do things in your life. And I want to real quickly show you what your pastor's walk of holiness looks like. So what's your pastor's walk of holiness looks like? You start out your day good, but about 30 minutes in, it's Ah, ankle. This boy he make it to the office. <laughs> but the Bible says this in Proverbs. Though a righteous falls seven times, he rises again. Though a righteous falls seven times, he rises again. So holiness, when you fail at it, doesn't mean you stop. It means you rise again. But most people in the church don't rise again because they don't know how to fall. Now, I want you to hear what I'm going to say. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not expecting you to fall. I'm not expecting you to fail. I'm not expecting you to sin tomorrow. I'm not expecting you to sin before you leave this church. But on your walk into holiness, if you happen to stumble and fall, the Bible says the righteous rise again. So Pastor Derek, can you come up here right quick and stand right here? Derek is grace. Come on now. I needed a lot of grace in my life, so I got Derek. Pastor Derek is grace. And it says, for though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. It doesn't say the righteous won't fall. In fact, it says this person that is wrote about in Proverbs fell seven times. But if you're going to learn how to rise, you need to learn how to fall. And I'm going to tell you this. If you're going to fall and on your stumbling, I need you to fall forward into his grace. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to fall forward into his grace. Fall forward into his grace. Because his grace is what rises you again. Your works don't rise you again. When Joel T. Meyer falls before he even gets to the office on Monday morning and I have a fall out of my walk of holiness, I'm falling into his grace where I say, Grace, I need your empowered obedience to help me stand back up, to help me rise back up. Because you didn't call me to fall once and stay down. You told me to rise again. And I'm going to continue to walk a walk of holiness. Even if I fall, I'm going to learn how to fall forward. And as I fall forward, his grace is going to stand me up. And I'm going to get to my destination because the Bible says this. And we read it at the very first and it's 1 Corinthians. And it says, bringing holiness to completion in your life. So in this walk of holiness, if I'm not walking with grace, I'll never complete my walk of holiness. And if I fall, I'm going to fall into the arms of God's grace. His one-way love that will stand me back up and help me rise again. I'm going to fall forward. I'm not going to fall backward back into my sin. I'm going to fall forward into his grace. Because when I'm falling forward into him, he's standing me back up. And even if I'm falling forward, I'm still making ground that the enemy can't ever get back. And so I'm going to go forward. you got to make the decision in your life. I'm going to keep going forward. I'm going to keep pressing on and going forward. I'm going to go forward into his grace every time. And if I happen to fall, I'm going to fall in a way that his grace will catch me and stand me back up so I can keep going forward in every way, shape, and form. Y'all give Pastor Derek a hand clap. As the ministers come this morning, I want you to stand. As the ministers come this morning, I want you to stand. And here's what I want you to do. Everybody look at me for just a second. 
Some of you have given up on your Christian walk and you only come to church because you know you're supposed to. But I'm going to set you free this morning by the power of God. And what I mean by that is this. You've given up on trying to be who God's called you to be because every time you take a step of faith, it seems like a stumble and fall. But I'm going to tell you this morning that there is hope for you because if you've stumbled and fallen and you're born again, the Bible says, though he falls seven times, he rises again. I'm going to encourage some of you this morning. It's your rising day. It's time for you to rise. Not because you are so holy, but you're going to walk into holiness. You're going to rise by his grace. And you're going to accomplish everything he's called for you by a pace that you're going to set today that says, it doesn't matter what my past criminal history looks like. I'm going to go forward by faith. I'm going to walk it out. And I'm going to see my life touched immediately, changed eternally. And I'm going to fall forward if I fall into his grace. See, the only thing a believer needs to do in their walk of holiness is learn to get back up. Is learn to get back up. Learn to get back up. And you don't do it on your own. You do it by His grace. This morning, I want you to receive a touch from God. Because listen, every one of us have struggled with holiness in our life. You try and you try and you try so hard, but I want you to start trying in a different way. I want you to start trying by His power that shows up in your life in the way of grace. He gave you the Holy Spirit for holiness. And in that, you are holy. And it's time to walk into a lifestyle of holiness. So if you've ever struggled with holiness, I want you to just come pray on your own or pray with one of us. And I want you to be empowered to rise again. And today's a new day. It's your rising day. And watch what God begins to do. For some of you this morning who have never made Jesus Christ Lord of your life, welcome to the greatest day of your life. His one-way love, His grace has already been set there to meet you right where you're at. And you just receive Jesus Christ by grace, His one-way love, through faith, trusting in Him and what He did is enough to cover your sins and destroy the power of sin in your life so you can walk out in holiness. The communion table of God is open. We're going to get ready to move in five seconds. Are you ready? Come and pray on your own or pray with one of us. Four, three, two, one. One, start your pace today. Start walking.